Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Overcoming Faith, we are doing today part three. This is the third week that we are teaching on the subject of faith. So let's read together 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, as you know, we are currently studying the subject of faith. For the last two weeks, this is our third week, and we are looking into the faith that was given to the believer when the believer was born again by the Spirit of God, a measure of faith was deposited within his spirit. So if you've been born again by the Spirit of God, you already have a measure of faith residing on the inside of you. You don't need to ask God for more faith, but you do need to ask God to show you how this faith works. It's important. And that's why we're studying the subject of faith. This faith was given to the believer so that we could live in this world an overcoming life. A life that is under the blessing of the Lord and a life that is pleasing to God. That's why, gave us, that's why the Lord gave us this faith so that we could overcome the challenges of life, so that we could live under the blessing of the Lord, so that we could please the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says that without faith it is impossible to please God. Therefore we conclude from the scriptures that if we desire to please the Lord, and walk in the blessing of the Lord, we need to learn how to live and how to walk by faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38 that the just shall live by faith. Of course we understand that the just are those who have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ. If you've been born again by the Spirit of God, you have already been justified. You have been declared not guilty by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the just, that means you and I, and everyone who is part of the family of God, we must live now by faith. And God says, if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. What does he mean by drawing back? In other words, if you draw back in living by faith, if you stop living by faith, if you compromise your faith, then we do not bring pleasure to the Lord. So in order to live and to walk by faith, we need to study the subject of faith. 
We need to learn how this faith works. We need to know the principles that govern the law of faith. Having the faith is one thing, but learning how to exercise it is another. Amen? Let me give you an example. And this is the common problem we have in the church today in regards to the subject of faith. Every born-again believer has a measure of this faith, but not every believer knows how this faith works. If someone gives you, for instance, let me, let me get an example. Mason, what type of car do you like? What's your favorite vehicle? You like a Porsche. Now, okay, say you, 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 you like a Porsche. If someone gives you a brand new Porsche, but you do not know how to drive the thing, it will do you no good, would it? What good will it do to you if you don't know how to drive? You have this beautiful car sitting in the garage, but you don't know how it works. You don't know how to drive it, so it's just like you don't have it. Amen? If someone gives you, for instance, a brand new iPhone, for example, and you have no idea how this thing works, it is of no help to you, is it? So it's no good having something. It's good having it, but it's, it's far better if you know how to use it. So, the same it is with faith, the subject of faith. This wonderful gift of God that we call faith can do marvelous things for us. It can heal our bodies. It can save our children. It can release finances into our hands. It can build strong marriages and so much more. That's what this faith was given to us for. Everything we receive from God, we receive it through the channel of faith. And that's why it's important that we study and learn how to exercise and how to use this God kind of faith that God gave to us as a gift when we receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of our lives. Now, in fact... The Lord Jesus said that for those who have this faith and know how to use it, He said, all things are possible. You ever read that in the Bible? How many of you know that the Bible is the Word of God? All things, He said, are possible to them that believe. Amen? He never put any limitations on the believer. The only limitations we have are the limitations we put on ourselves through our unrenewed minds. Amen? So this is the reason that we are studying the subject of faith now for the last two weeks, and this is the third week. But having said that, we need to understand, or rather you need to understand, that you also need to do your own study on the subject. Amen? You need to read the Bible, you need to find the reference that speak about the subject of faith and find out for yourself what the Bible says about the subject that we are studying. Look up the scriptures, 
and ask the Holy Spirit to show you as you meditate on the Word of God concerning this wonderful subject that we are currently studying. If you recall the last two Sundays, for those who have missed the last two Sundays teachings, know that they are already on our podcast. If you have subscribed to the podcast, you can actually download them and listen to them. It's part one and part two of the Overcoming Faith. So the last two Sundays, we dealt with the importance of obtaining a renewed mind or renewing our minds and our thoughts with the Word of God if our faith is to work for us and produce the desired results. We talked about how our thought life must align and line up with God's thoughts. Amen. God's Word is full of God's thoughts. In fact, we read last time that the thoughts that God has for you are without number. And every single one of those thoughts are for your blessing. God said in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. They are thoughts to bless you and not to harm you. They are thoughts in giving you a future, in giving you hope, in giving you courage, in giving you strength, in blessing you rather than harming you. Every thought that God has for you is a thought to bless you and to do you good. God is a good God and we have to believe that from the depths of our heart. The Bible says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And some ignoramus who do not understand the nature and the goodness of God are going around saying that God is sending these storms and destroying people and God is judging the United States. This is nonsense. God is not about to destroy his people. Hello? God is not the destroyer. The devil is the destroyer. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. But the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen? Are you listening out there? God is a good God. He is the one who blesses. He is the one who heals. He is the one who delivers not goes around killing people and destroying property. That's the work of the devil. Amen? Do you really believe that? Judgment has already taken place on the cross for the believer. He's already been judged. God poured his wrath on Jesus on the cross. All of the judgment, all of the wrath, all of the curse came upon the Lord on that day when he took your sin, your curse, and your iniquities on the cross of Calvary. And we pass from death unto life. The Bible says that God no longer is angry with humanity. He was, but he poured his anger on Jesus on that day when he was crucified. Amen? Do you want me to read that from you, for you from the Bible? 2 Corinthians, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to see here 
that God, the Bible says, he imputes. Um, let me just read you the exact verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Let's read from verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now verse 19. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Not just a believer reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. What does that mean? What does that mean, not imputing their trespasses to them? Can anybody define that and explain it for us? Amen. Not holding any sin against them. Another translation says, In Christ God did not hold people guilty for their sins and gave us the message of peace to tell all people. Amen. Amen. God was angry in the Old Testament. The Bible says he was angry all day with the sinner. But in the new covenant, God is no longer angry. Because the anger and the wrath was taken upon Christ on the cross of Calvary. Amen? Amen. And he's calling people to repentance. So that they may receive the salvation that he's offering them. Amen? And the protection that God offers them. Let's go on anyway. So last Sunday we, we dealt with the importance of having the mind of Christ or the thoughts of God or aligning our thoughts with God's thoughts if our faith is to work for us. Now this is something we do folks, not God. Remember that God will never do what he tells us to do. We have to do it. The renewing of our mind is an exercise that we need to do ourselves. And you can read that in Romans 12, verse 12, uh, in Romans 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So that's what we talked about the last two Sundays, the importance of right thinking. Right thinking produces right believing. Amen? So, and we did say that our faith will never rise above the level of our thoughts. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So check up on what you're thinking. What are your thoughts like? Do they agree with the word? Or are you thinking contrary to what the Lord thinks about you and for you. 
Now today, <coughs> we're going to look at another important aspect of a faith that is working, that is producing results. And we will deal with the importance of speaking words, words of faith. Speaking words of faith, words which are in agreement with the Word of God. Now, last week we looked at Joshua chapter 1, remember verse 8? And in the opening of that verse, the Word of God declares, or rather God told Joshua, and He said to him, This book of the law, that's the Word of God, shall not depart out of your mouth. What does that mean? This book of the law must not depart out of your mouth. That means we are to consistently speak the words of God. Or to say it in another way, the words we speak must be in agreement with what God says. Hello? Amen? The words we speak every single day must be in agreement with what God says. In other words, our mouth and our words must align itself with the words of God. Now, it's not just enough for our thoughts to be in agreement. Our words need to be in agreement too. We are to say, to speak, what God says about our redemption in Christ. What He says about you. How does God speak about you when He refers to you? He calls you His beloved. He calls you the redeemed of the Lord. He calls you the blessed of God. He says, you are an overcomer through Jesus Christ. He says, nothing is impossible for you because I've given you my faith. So God's words are carefully chosen when he speaks about you. We are to say what God says about our family. We are to speak what God says about our church the family, the spiritual family that we belong to. And we are to speak the words of God concerning everything that pertains to life. About your work, about your relationships, about your children, about your wife, about your husband, about your pastor, about the, the church family that you're part of. You are to say what God says. Are you there? Now, this takes some work. As I have mentioned last Sunday, we are citizens of another kingdom, not of the kingdom of this world. You might be a South African citizen, you might be an American citizen, but if you're born again, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And we need to learn how to think and speak the language of the kingdom of God. Hello? Imagine, imagine you landing in, in Italy, for instance, and you, you do not speak a word of Italian. And in Italy, no one speaks English. 
<laughs> you will be very frustrated because they don't understand you and you don't understand them. So what you need to do is to learn Italian so you can communicate. The kingdom of God has its own culture and its own language. And we must learn that language. And that language is called the language of faith, the language of love, the language of peace, the language of joy. Hello? Amen? Faith's language is contrary to the world's language. They are from two different and opposing worlds. And therefore, our vocabulary needs to adopt to the culture and language of the kingdom of God. Step by step, we need to clean up our vocabulary. What do you mean, Pastor, clean up our vocabulary? One of, one of the dirtiest things in our body is the tongue. And we need to learn how to cleanse our vocabulary. Cleanse it from what? From words of death. How often do you say, this, this, this thrills me to death, for instance. And you say that jokingly, without even thinking. We need to, we need to, to rid ourselves from words of death. Words of fear. How often do you say, I'm afraid of this, and I'm afraid this is not going to happen. I am afraid I can't come to the meeting. Why are you afraid? Hello? The word of the Lord says, I will not fear. David set his will against fear. Fear doesn't come from God. It comes from beneath, not from above. We need to cleanse our vocabulary from words of unbelief, from words of doubt, from words of sickness and disease. Sometimes all people do is talk about their sickness and their pains and their diseases. Stop it! Just plain stop it! Amen? We speak about the curse. The Bible says we are redeemed from the curse and have been brought into the blessing of the Lord. Our mouth must learn the language of the blessing. It is something you learn. Amen? And you need to understand that when you get born again, your spirit is brand new. Your mind is still unrenewed. We have to renew our minds and we have to cleanse our vocabulary. Now, please notice what Colossians chapter 1 verse 12 says through to 14. Colossians 1, 12 through to 14. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Stop right there. The Bible says we are to give thanks. Thanks for what? We got to give thanks to God, our Heavenly Father, who qualified us. He made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. The Bible says we have an inheritance in heaven that cannot decay, that cannot be corrupted. Let's go on. 
He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins. There you go. Furthermore, the Bible says, God says, the word of the Lord says, we have been delivered from the power of darkness. Please note, this is past tense. This is a fact. You may not feel like it, you may not look like it, but we don't walk by look like or feel like. We walk by what? By faith. The word of the Lord says we've been delivered from the power of darkness. Hallelujah. And therefore our vocabulary must line up with the word of God. I am the delivered of the Lord. I'm delivered from fear. I'm delivered from curse. I'm delivered from sickness. I'm delivered from disease. I'm delivered from doubt and unbelief. I am a believer. I'm born of the Spirit. I have the life and the nature of God in my spirit. All things are possible to me because I believe. I am a world overcomer because I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. This is what we should be speaking every single day of our lives. When you speak the word, you get to hear the word. When you hear the word, you get to believe the word. When you believe the word, you got to act on the word. Are you out there? Amen? The New Testament gives us a clear picture of who we are in Christ, what we have in Him, and what we can do through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians chapter 1, turn with me, underline these verses and meditate on them. As you do, your faith will increase its capacity to receive from God. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Notice the word blessed us, past tense with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. What a powerful verse of Scripture here. God says, I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing. Not only that, I have chosen you. You are my chosen. You are the blessed of the Lord. You have been accepted in the beloved. And you already have redemption through the precious blood of Jesus. Wow. That's who you are. That's what you have. You are the redeemed of the Lord. You are the blessed of the Lord. It's not enough to believe it in your heart. You've got to say it with your mouth. The scripture says, I believe, therefore I have spoken. So the New Testament gives us a very clear picture of who we are in Christ, 
what we have in him and what we can do in Christ. So based on that revelation of the New Testament, we must conform not only our thoughts, but also our words to say what God says about you. Our words must line up and must agree with what God has already done for us. Amen? Systematically, notice, remove and put away from you words which are unprofitable and very destructive. You know the words are the most powerful things in the universe. Did you know that? Your words carry power. Either for good, for blessing, or for cursing. Now, look at Proverbs chapter 4 verse 24 in your own Bible. 424. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 24. We read something interesting here. I'll wait a few seconds till you all find it. Proverbs 4.24 Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Amen? Put away from you a deceitful mouth. A mouth that does not line up with what God says. Put perverse lips far from you. Turn to Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 2. Let's read that too. Proverbs 6 verse 2. Just two chapters forward. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Do you know that your words can imprison you? They can imprison you in a prison of fear, in a prison of doubt and unbelief, and imprison you in a prison of sickness and disease. Your words. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. It says you are snared by what? By the devil? No. The devil cannot do anything to you unless you give him authority to do so. And how do we give him authority to do so? By the words of your mouth. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Do you see how important words are? Look at Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21. Proverbs 18 21. We're having a good Bible study this morning. Proverbs 18, 21. You found it? Raise your hands if you have. Death and life are in the power of God. Is that what it says? No. Death and life are in the power of the devil. No. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. We can speak life or we can speak death over ourselves, 
our bodies, our minds, our children, our work, our brothers, our sisters, or we can choose to speak words of death. We have a choice. Matthew 12, verse 37. Matthew chapter 12, verse 37. If our faith is to work for us, we need to be speaking words that are in agreement with what God says about us. Matthew 12, verse 37. For by your words, Jesus is speaking here, and he said, By your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Amen? So I say again, words are the most powerful force in the universe. God created the worlds, both visible and invisible, by the words that came out of his mouth. You and I were created by words. God said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. You are a word created being. Amen? So we need to understand that we live in a world, in a word created, a word upheld and a word-dominated environment. Word-created, word-upheld, and word-dominated environment. This is how God set the whole universe to function. And we can't change it. The devil can't change it, and God will not change it. Amen? We don't have a choice whether you and I will live under the power of words. But we can choose whose words we're going to live under. Wonderful choice that God has given us. We can choose. Let me give you an example. The devil says you will die. Thought comes to your mind. You have a symptom in your body. Devil says I'm going to kill you. God says you shall live and not die. Amen. The devil says you're guilty. God says not guilty. I've declared you not guilty through the blood of Jesus. The devil says you're a sinner. You deserve hell. God says I have made you righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. The devil says you're a failure. God says you're a winner and an overcomer. Hello. For every word the devil speaks against you, God has the opposite word. The devil says you're weak. God says you are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The devil says you are cursed. God says you are blessed. And what I've blessed, no one can curse. The devil says you are alone and nobody loves you. Poor old you. God says fear not. I am with you. I love and care for you. I will walk with you. I will be with you till the end of the age. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. 
We're not alone. You may feel alone, but we walk by faith, not by feeling. God says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. The devil says, you're sick. God says, I have healed you. So, you and I have a choice. Whose words would you believe and live under? If our faith is to work for us, we need to clean up our vocabulary and learn to speak and live under the word of the Lord. Somebody say Amen. amen. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. How often do we say when we get fed up with people or with situations, I'm so sick and tired. Do you wonder why sometimes you're always sick and tired? You said it. And Jesus said you can have what you say. Hello. He said you can have whatever you say in Mark 11.23. We'll have a look at that now. But now we're looking at Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. God speaks to his people and he says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. Folks, this is not just about us. This is about our children and our grandchildren and their children. Speak words of blessing and life over your children, no matter what they are doing or where they are. Your words have power and sooner or later those words will be manifested and fulfilled in your children's lives. My children are blessed. Amen. My children are overcomers. My children are the redeemed of the Lord. They are taught by the Lord. Great is the peace of my children and my grandchildren. And I know they will be raised up as mighty men and women of God. For the generation of the upright will be blessed, the Bible says. Hallelujah. Never speak negative about your children, folks. Even if they're doing things that are not right, that you are upset with, keep your mouth shut and speak words of faith and blessing and life over them. Amen. So if our faith is to work, it is not enough to believe something in your heart. You have to say with your mouth what you believe in your heart in order to work for you. And I will prove it to you. Mark 11, 22 and 23. Mark 11, verse 22 and 23. Brag about your children. Brag about your spouse. Speak words of blessing and encouragement 
over them. I have the finest children in the world. They are blessed by the Lord. They are anointed. Amen. Mark 11, 22 and 23. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. The Greek translation says, Have the faith of God. Another translation says, Have the God kind of faith. For assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, Be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he believes. Is that what it says? He will have whatever he says. What are those things that we say? Can somebody tell me please? What are the things that we say? Words. Words. Look at that verse again. Jesus said, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever, that includes you, says to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes. Believes what? That those things he says will be done, he or she will have whatever he says. Please notice. Elise, did you want to say something? Okay, please notice, Jesus is teaching here on the subject of faith. He's teaching his disciples how this faith works. And he used the word believe once in that verse, but the word say or says three times. Did you notice that? He used the word believe once, and the word say or says three times. Look at it. He said, I say to you, whoever says, number one, to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes only once that those things he says twice will be done. He will have whatever he says. Three times he uses the word says, once he uses the word believe. So believing is not enough. You have to have the courage to say what you believe. Amen? Your words, your words will either build you up or tear you down. Your words will either put you over or keep you under the dominion of the evil one. It's your choice. That is why I say we got to learn the language of the kingdom of God, which is the language of faith. Renew the mind and clean our vocabulary. 
So I challenge you this week as you go about your life and your living, check the words you speak. Ask your spouse, ask your mother, ask a friend to gently correct you when you're speaking words of death and fear and doubt and unbelief. Amen? Because those words are destructive. They render our faith useless. It's like we don't have any faith. We've got to give something to God to work with, folks. And God says in His Word, I watch and I look out after my Word so that I can perform it. Give God something to work with. Everything I have received from God came through the avenue of right thinking, right believing, and right speaking. Everything. Everywhere I cast my eyes, I see the blessing of the Lord, and it came through the avenue of faith. Have you learned something today? Amen? Well, the challenge comes putting it into practice. Amen. So that concludes part three of our lesson today. Next week we'll see what God has for us. I am not convinced that I am through with the teaching on the subject of faith. So I'm going to close in prayer and then I'm going to give you a few minutes so that we can discuss it if you like and talk about it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for giving us wisdom, for teaching us how to use this God kind of faith that lives within us. Thank you for a renewed mind in Jesus Christ. Thank you for helping us to align our thoughts with your thoughts. And thank you that by your grace, you're enabling us to cleanse our vocabulary from words of death, Words of the curse, words of doubt, words of unbelief, words of sickness and disease, words that do not belong to the child of God. We pray, Father, that this word of the law will not depart from our mouths, but therein we will meditate day and night, that we may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then we will make our way prosperous. And then we will have good success. We bless you today and we thank you in Jesus' most wonderful and precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.